Hello and welcome to Ashurst Legal Outlook and this special mini-series on women in tech. My name is Rebecca Clark and I'm a member of Ashurst's digital economy team. This new mini-series was designed to celebrate women as part of our International Women's Day initiatives. The theme for International Women's Day this year was breaking the bias but it also provides us with an opportunity to celebrate the achievements of women and to inspire the next generation of lawyers. At Ashes, I have the pleasure of working with inspirational female colleagues and clients. And with this in mind, I was delighted to speak with Amanda Moore, General Counsel of BAI Communications, to discuss her career path, her experience of being a female lawyer in this sector, imposter syndrome, and much, much more. Amanda, welcome to this podcast series celebrating female lawyers in tech. Amanda is the general counsel of BI Communications, and we know each other as we've been working on some really groundbreaking projects, such as bringing continuous 4G and 5G ready connectivity to the London Underground. But for those listeners who may not be familiar with your career journey, I thought I would take you back to the start and ask you to describe your path to general counsel. Did you always know that being in-house in this sector was the right path for you? Hi, Rebecca. Thank you for uh, for inviting me on this today. I started in private practice uh, many years ago, um, initially in New Zealand for a couple of years, and then I came over to London and I worked in, uh, in a technology team in the city at DLA. Uh, and it was always impressed upon me when I was in private practice, how important it was to uh, to get some in-house experience as it just gives you such a different perspective on things. So when I, I moved away from DLA, I went in-house and I was living in leafy Hampshire at this point and working at Motorola Solutions and in their in-house team there. And uh, I guess I just never really looked back. So in the, at least in the past, this sector has tended to be dominated by men, and I think arguably it still is. So I wanted to spend a little time talking about your experience of working in the sector as a female lawyer. Have you experienced any gender stereotypical challenges, particularly as a junior lawyer? And if so, how did you overcome them? Absolutely agree. It's it's a male-dominated industry. Um, it certainly was. Um, I guess like many industries, it's getting better. Uh, I was actually very fortunate when I made the move in uh, over here to London uh, to DLA. I was actually working in a reasonably small team with three um, partners who were all women. So, uh, so I was very I was very fortunate in that respect uh, that I was actually in the majority in that team uh, and I think that that's probably helped me a lot with my confidence frankly in, in, in being a woman and working in tech because I didn't feel outnumbered or unusual at that point. Yes I still sometimes I like to take the statistics in a meeting and notice uh, notice how many of how many women there are compared to uh, compared to men and just you know I think there's just a general awareness now of where there is not diversity rather than where there is diversity. Exactly. And I think both you and I, on the last project we worked on, both sat down and we were pretty 
amazed by the ratio of women on that deal, not just from a legal perspective, but also from the technical and commercial teams as, as well. And it was really great to see such, such representation on some of these groundbreaking, high value, complex projects. Just moving on, but you know, staying with the same theme, how do you think we can support and encourage greater representation of female lawyers in this sector? Yes, I completely agree with what you were saying um, previously, Rebecca, about the mix of women uh, on the on the projects that we've been working on together. So many of us, not just in the uh, not just in the legal side, but yeah, also our services director, our commercial lead, you know, all over the team, there were there were women in there. I think that there are there's great representation of women often early on in careers. I think that you've hit on something there and more in the retention side that the traditional models of working that were definitely dominant when when I was coming up as a junior lawyer, uh, I think we are genuinely seeing some change in that and that it's made it easier for women to continue on in their careers with their legal careers or, or, or just in general, um, that there doesn't have to be a single way of working, that uh, you know it doesn't have to be necessarily nine to five, or if you're working in a demanding job, it doesn't have to be 80 hours a week. It doesn't have to be you know, the alternative of choosing to further your career, to be seen to be in the office, to be seen to be doing these various things, um, to promote your career. Uh, you know, the, the work life doesn't have to be like that anymore. And I think that's really important. And I think that, that helping to retain women in, in tech and women in law it's about showing them that there's a, you know, that, that, that there are different ways of working. Uh, there is a place for flexibility. There is a place for options. Uh, you don't always have to be aiming for the top of the tree or be seen to be aiming for the top of the tree. I mean, I don't know how you're finding it, Rebecca, in private practice now because I've been out of private practice for quite a long time and 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 since I've left I've noticed that there are different job titles now there seem to be different roles available when I was working in private practice and this makes me very long in the tooth uh, you were uh, you were a solicitor and then you were an associate and uh, and then a senior associate and then you became a partner or quite often, if you wanted to have children, you became a PSL, and they seemed to be the options. But what, what's it what's it like in there now, Rebecca? I've benefited from working at firms that have always been quite progressive in terms of flexibility. So I've always enjoyed that, and that has really helped me as a mum stay in law. And I also think that now the pandemic has also, you know, opened up that prospect for the younger generation being able to work from home so many days a week. I think that's, that, that's great. There are also other avenues available to, to women. Um, it's not just the PSL route. There is positions such as council, which are open to women who decide for whatever reason that partnership either is not right for them just now, or they don't aspire to head towards partnership. Yeah, that 
I think that's that's very refreshing. There was very much a sense of uh, of there being a ladder when I was in private practice, and and uh, you know there was only one way, and that was up the ladder or off the ladder. Um, and I, I think it's wonderful now that there are more opportunities available. And I think that that one of the things that's made this more achievable for everybody is that these these options, you know, they're not just for women in the same way that we don't have maternity leave anymore. We have, you know, we have parental leave, acknowledging that these are not benefits that are required for women, especially, everybody can enjoy them. And, uh, and that's, that's one of the things I think that I, that has been quite a sea change in the last decade or so. And as you say, the pandemic, I mean, you you know, have to try and take the positives, don't you, from from the bad things that happen in life, and and the pandemic certainly been an experience, but you know that really has wrought such change in the way that so many of us, particularly you know in the professional sectors, we've been able to adapt very very quickly and easily to working completely differently, and it's you know women have benefited tremendously from that, and so have men and. I think that's that's wonderful because where you know where it's good for every that's absolutely something that's good for everybody, um, and it's not just a a woman's benefit. I wanted to briefly touch upon imposter syndrome, as I'm always amazed by how many highly successful women experience it. And as those listening will no doubt know, imposter syndrome disproportionately affects high achieving people who find it difficult to accept that they're as competent as others perceive them to be. Have you ever suffered or experienced imposter syndrome at any stage in your career? And if so, do you have any advice you can share about how to keep it at bay? <laughs> Gosh, I um I I think you'd probably go a long way to find someone who hadn't had imposter syndrome at some point. It is difficult. It's uh you know, it's it's a crisis of confidence in a way, it, a feeling that you've somehow stumbled into, you know, the dragon's cave. Uh, and at some point while you're filling your boots with with loot, uh, the dragon's going to come back and, <laughs> I don't know, tear your head off. Uh, but um, I think I'd say two things about that. First of all, it's, I think it is entirely normal. I think it's human nature to, to sometimes feel like, you know, you can't quite understand how you've got where you are perhaps you don't feel you deserve it I think we shouldn't be we should be kind to ourselves that you know that sometimes we're all going to feel a a bit like that or a lot like that I think the way I've dealt with it when it's happened to me and you know it's not just once it's it it comes up sometimes can be situational or it can be seasonal I don't know but I think is to objectively you know I think as lawyers we're hopefully good at being objective and uh, and I just I look and I go well you know I got I got a good degree from a good university I've got a good job Uh, I got another good job I did well at that job I got promoted in that job you know and and it's sort of you look look at the empirical evidence and go you know what I am doing okay and um, and I'm you know I have to if I don't believe in myself, I can at least, from time to time, that is, believe in 
other people who believe in me. And I think that's that's the way that I've dealt with it. And uh, and then you just sort of fake it till you make it. <laughs> it will all things all things pass, and that that feeling will pass too. I mean, I've worked with you now for some time, and it does shock me to to hear that. And I think it's something that a lot of the listeners will identify with, especially you know the the, the younger lawyers that are coming up through the ranks, and to to hear someone at your level acknowledge and say, look. I have those feelings too. I think that's really, really helpful. What would you say has been your biggest success or career highlight to date? Probably the, the thing that really sticks in my mind. I mean, I've been very, I've been fortunate, <laughs> fortunate, I've been lucky. I'm an imposter. No, I've been, uh, I've been fortunate to be involved in all sorts of amazing projects and really exciting deals and uh, exciting projects and and uh, you know cutting edge stuff um, throughout my career um, along with the very humdrum occasional software license and so on uh, um, but interestingly I think that the the thing that I found most exciting <laughs> that's funny is is not really my day job um, and and what I would usually do, I was involved in a, um, a procurement, public procurement um, that didn't didn't go well, and we ended up uh, the company I was working at. We ended up challenging that in the high court, and that so that that was the first time I'd ever been involved in a procurement challenge. I'd had very little to do with court in my career at all, apart from when I was very junior and uh, training. And so, not my not my usual environment. And uh, of course, it helped that that we won. Uh, so yes, uh, didn't didn't like most um, uh, public procurement challenges didn't make it um, all the way to to a hearing, but uh, it was settled beforehand. But I think that I would pick that one not just because it was it was novel for me and it was exciting and it was um, incredible to meet some of these uh, the uh, the barristers that we worked with who were so smart and all these subject matter experts coming to to coming together to to give their view on things and that was just just the sheer brain power involved was really interesting. But I think internally as as the as the in-house lawyer at that company, when we decided to bring that challenge, it was not something that the company did uh, usually. We don't sue our customers. All the way along, there, were, there was a group of us in the company who said, no, we've been wronged. This hasn't been run properly. The, the decision was not made fairly and, um, and it's not been made in accordance with the regulations and we, we need to stick up for ourselves. And I think that that was the most rewarding part of that was taking the execs on the journey through it and reassuring and gaining their confidence that we were doing the right thing and standing up for ourselves and standing up for a process that was flawed and, and you know, a decision reached that was not, was not robust. And, uh, and ultimately, um, you know, that did bear itself out. And I think that, that that's, I think, the essence, really, of, of an in-house role. It's, it's uh, managing your stakeholders, 
managing the best interests of the company and everybody you work with. And uh, and that was that uh, that took a lot of personal energy um, to keep pursuing that uh, because it was the right thing to do. And I think that that was that's probably even though not my normal. Uh, not my normal day job, definitely one of the highlights for me. Well, that sounded very exciting and very fulfilling. And I think that's really coming across about, you know, that's what you really enjoy about your role. Um, It's, you know, not just giving the legal advice, but it's, you know, looking at things commercially, objectively, taking stakeholders through the process and taking people along with you, which is something I personally have experienced um, while working with you on these projects and it's very impressive I must say Amanda. Oh thank you Rebecca yeah you're right it's I think it's the it's absolutely the best part of the job for me is that diversity in disciplines Um, you know that that when when you're in-house you you come together as one of several disciplines and you have everybody has a different perspective and a different approach to problem solving and you know my my voice is one of several when there's an issue or a problem or an opportunity and uh, and that brainstorming I suppose it is that's that's very I find that very satisfying and the opportunities just to, to learn about those other disciplines and what they do and what's important to them and why you know that that's fascinating to me. I'm a working mother and I have at times struggled to find the balance between the demands at home and demands at work. And there was a recent Booper survey that said that almost two thirds of mothers feel exhausted by the pressure to make juggling children and career look easy to be a super mum, if you will. You have managed to combine a very successful career and being a mother. Do you have any tips? (laughs) <laughs> hmm. um, eventually they will grow up um, yeah I think uh, that's no that's probably not particularly helpful is it first of all don't be too hard on yourself right you know I think uh, there is there is this idea that we would all like to be perfect at everything but you know rather be good enough at most things I think uh, than be than be perfect at one thing I think that for me Personally, um, good childcare, because when my children were younger, particularly, the thing I found most stressful was not uh, being at work or being at home. It was worrying about the next time I had to go to work and how I was going to manage, you know, like, oh, I need to go away. You know, I, I think, you know, in previous roles I've done a bit of traveling with work and it's like, oh, I've got a trip coming up. How am I going, you know, how am I going to manage with the children, you know, like trying to, to work out the the sort of the roster of childcare and so on. I think for me, um, having, finding the right mix of childcare, whether that's, you know, family or, you know, professional childcare or what, it, well, you know, whatever you can afford or manage or whatever you feel most comfortable with is absolutely key because when you're confident that your children are being looked after and you don't have to stress about that, you can relax into both roles much easier, more easily, I should say, much more easily. I think that's that's really important. And the other thing, kind of going back to the first point really about not being too hard on yourself, sometimes, you know, my 
kids would turn around and say to me, oh, mummy, you out again. You, were you going away again? I was like, yes, I've got a good job. I've got a great job. And, you know, and, and my job enables us to live in this house and, and you know, and, and gives us the things that we enjoy. And I enjoy doing it. And, you know, that that's, I think, setting an example for your children rather than feeling bad about your job taking you away from them sometimes you know that this is this is life you know we need to work we need we need money and we need fulfillment and and what we do well I certainly do anyway uh, and uh, and I hope that my children can see that I was unable to be with them 24 7 they they get uh, they get to see what a fulfilling work life is like as well I completely agree I couldn't do what I do without the support of my parents and um, they're just wonderful and they really do help me out and I completely understand the mum guilt <laughs> I get that a lot too you know as my mother always says to me look you know don't feel guilty you're doing something for you and what you're doing also will support your child and she will look up to you in years to come and say look what my mum achieved look what she's done so no I totally agree with that and it's really good advice I think as mothers particularly and I think all parents we're very hard on ourselves and we always strive to be perfect but although I'd say my parents are pretty close but nobody's perfect <laughs> so I think we're on my last on to my last question now I think this one's a, a quite a, a, an important one and that is um, if you could what advice would you give to your younger self well, I think this this is this is a, a tricky one, isn't it? Really, I think that, well, maybe it's not for some people. I find I find it difficult. I think I would say, relax and enjoy it a little bit more. Uh, I think that you you know that there's a lot to be said for you know letting letting life take its course, and. Um, uh, you know that it doesn't always have to be planned you don't have to have a plan you don't have to think what's next do I really want this do I really want that sometimes uh, you know just live in the moment and and then you know what what is right for you will become clear and uh, that's certainly fortunately for me that's what's happened for me because I've ended up I think where i should be you know this this job is this role that I'm doing at the moment is is great it's well suited to me um, and I spent a lot of time when I was younger wondering about what was right for me and what was my career path and uh, again that ladder uh, you know there's up or up or off and uh, and actually realizing that you know that isn't it isn't a ladder it's a hill and you can walk up it any way you want you don't even have to walk up it you can stop halfway and I suppose it's not being so uh, focused on goals and outcomes having goals and you know goals are important objectives are important but so is you know just enjoying where you are and 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 letting life figure itself out well you know that's certainly good advice and I don't think I could put it better myself for me if it was if I was looking inward to myself I would be saying don't put so much pressure on yourself and try and enjoy the the journey because you know we're only on this earth for a short period of time and if we're completely stressed out constantly then we're not really living 
we're just surviving, aren't we? Exactly right. Yeah. Enjoy it and, and uh, you know, uh, don't sweat the small stuff. You know, and, and you know, back to the, to the point about, um, about managing uh, career and, and children, I think that children can be the great leveller and they can really give you perspective uh, sometimes. And I think my once I was having a, a particularly torrid time at work and working many, many hours, and I think that you were with, that, with me on that journey, Rebecca. And my daughter, who's nine, must have been, they must have been talking about careers at school or something. And she comes... Uh, She's in the car next to me and uh, we're driving somewhere and she goes, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up, mummy. And I'm like, well, you don't have to worry. You're only nine. Um, you know, worry about it later. And uh, and she said, well, I don't want to be a lawyer because you've made it look really bad. <laughs> and I thought, hmm. <laughs> so there's a little adjustment that needs to be made right there. Um, and I said, oh, have I? And she goes, oh, no, not really. So, you know, we, we brought it back to centre again. But um, I think that, that the, uh, you know, that having, having that thing to balance, um, and whether it's children, or whether it's another interest you have outside of work, you know, sports or music, or, or, or whatever it is, gives you perspective on these things and uh, and helps you to live your life in, in a way that hopefully is satisfying and fulfilling uh, rather than just one dimensional. Well, that takes us to the end of the session. Amanda, thank you so much for participating. It was really great to hear your career story and to listen to your advice. I think our listeners will take great comfort in some of your stories and thank you so much for joining me again. Thank you, Rebecca, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to our special mini-series on Women in Tech. If you enjoyed this episode and don't want to miss the rest of this mini-series, please subscribe to Ashurst Legal Outlook wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, feel free to leave us a rating or review. If you'd like to find out more about Ashurst Digital Economy practice, please visit ashurst.com. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye for now.